0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Vineyard Church, Woodstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Good morning. Well, today I am continuing our series on the I Am statements from Jesus in the Gospel of John. Uh, the first week, Simon talked about when Jesus said, "I am the bread of life," and then last week we heard from Jake when Jesus said, "I am the gate." And today, my talk focuses on when Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." Now, before I go on, I have to say it's quite bizarre that I'm the one doing this talk today because my husband Simon, who often speaks, absolutely loves light. He loves light of all description, and he has about 10 torches of all different sizes and apparently we need them all. They have different strengths and different uses. He loves indoor lights, outdoor lights, Christmas tree lights, uh, laser lights. Yes, we do have something that projects laser lights onto the ceiling Uh, and he loves lights in shops. He's drawn to them, gadgets with lights on. So he is the one who's passionate about light. So it's quite weird that today I'm the one going to be talking about light anyway let's read the scripture. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this when Jesus spoke again to the people he said I am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life and he went on to say in verse 36 believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. Let me say that again, because those are really strong statements. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. So while I'm talking I want you to be thinking about Jesus being the source of light and life, the source of comfort and strength and maybe ask yourself who today is that for you or what today is that for you? Is it Jesus? Is he the light in your life that gives you comfort and strength or is it something else or someone else? A number of years ago, National Geographic had an amazing article on the power of light. The introduction says this. Light reveals the world to us. Body and soul crave it. Light sets our biological clocks. It triggers in our brains the sensations of colour. Light feeds us, supplying the energy of plants to grow. It inspires us with special effects like rainbows and sunsets light gives us life-changing tools from incandescent bulbs to lasers and fiber optics scientists don't fully understand what light is or what it can do they just know that it will illuminate our future as another article in the same magazine said this there has been light from the beginning there will be light at the end in all its forms visible and invisible it saturates the universe Light is more than a little bit mysterious. Modern physics has sliced the stuff of nature into ever smaller and more exotic constituents, but light won't reduce. Light is light, pure, but not simple. No one is exactly sure how to describe it. A wave? A particle? Yes, the scientists say, both. It is a measure of light's importance in our daily lives that we hardly pay any attention to it light is almost like air it's a given and it went on to say the more you look at the topic the more you realize that our lives are built around light that our daily existence is continuously shaped and made vivid by that ambiguous stuff that dates from the beginning of time from our technology to our spirituality we are creatures of light i find that absolutely fascinating that light is described with such depth and passion that scientists are in awe of light and how wonderful for us as believers because we know that God is the source and creator of that light and as I studied to write this talk I've actually found it fascinating and found myself gaining new appreciation for what Jesus said when he said I am the light of the world. I've understood what a powerful and significant thing it was in the context and the place When it was said, and that's what I want to be sharing with us today. So let's have a deeper look. The Jewish people understood light, they knew what it meant. They understood that God created the sun and the moon and that He was the source of the light in our world, that He created it. They understood that He was the source of light all around them. In Psalm 104, verse 2, God says, He wraps Himself in light as with a garment. Psalm 80 verse 19 says, Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And Psalm 31 verse 16, Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Ezekiel in the Old Testament had a vision of God and in chapter 1 verse 27 it describes him like this, I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal as if full of fire. And that, from there down, he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him. So the Jewish people thought of God as the creator of light. They knew that light comes from him and shines from him, that he's the source, that his face shines. He's wrapped in light like a garment, and he looks like he's on fire. And when the Jewish people were brought out of slavery in Egypt and they wandered through the desert not knowing where they're going, God leads them in a pillar of cloud and fire. In Exodus 13 it says by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. So God this burning fire which gave out bright light comes and leads them on their way out of slavery into the promised land. It protects them from the Egyptians and tells them where they need to be going. And then that same fire comes down on Mount Sinai and gives them the Ten Commandments. And finally, when they enter the Promised Land under David and Solomon, when they first build the temple, God's presence once again comes down in clouds and fire to fill the temple. And this is what God's presence looked like to the Jewish people, and that's what they understood. So what happens? What did they think or understand happens when when God's light comes to his people? What effect did it have? Well, Psalm 84 verse 11 says the Lord God is a sun and shield. So God brings good favour and protection and they understood that. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 said the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. So this light that is God and comes forth from God brings life and also restores life and brings healing to the people. And then we have the promise that the Messiah, the coming Messiah, would be a light to all the nations. In Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 it says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God's light was meant for the whole world, he was meant for the whole world. The Jewish people also understood the concept of darkness being evil and God being the thing that would drive back that darkness and give them victory over their enemies. David said in 2 Samuel chapter 22, you Lord are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. So their understanding of light was this. God was the source of true light. He was the source of the life that came from that light. He brought healing. He brought revelation. He led them through the desert. He defeated their enemies. God's light defeated all the forces of darkness around them. So with all of this in mind and bearing that in our thoughts of what they knew about light, let's go back to John 8 and think about how and when this was delivered and what the significance was. Jesus would have said this primarily to a group of Jewish people during a Jewish holiday called Sukkot, which you might know as the Feast of the Tabernacles. This is a festival where the Jewish people um, remembered their time of coming out of slavery in Egypt into freedom, into the promised land. And they celebrated living in tents, being led by God by the pillar of cloud and fire, and then God supplying water and bread for them from the rock and from the heavens. And John tells us that it was the last day of the feast. Now, sometimes we glance over little sentences like that because they don't have a lot of significance for us and we don't really understand them. But I think it's really important to get the context for us and the powerful and very intentional meaning of when this was said. So John is wanting to give the audience a clue because Jesus said this at a very particular time and a very specific point in time. So, what was happening on the eighth day of that festival? Well, all week they would have been living out in tents, reenacting, as I said, the story of coming out of slavery into the Promised Land. They would have been telling stories and just really remembering that time for the whole of that week. But on this eighth day, they reenact the water coming and the light leading them. So, the priest would go down from the temple and take his pitcher and get some water from the pools and take it back up to the people. And then everyone would be shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord save us, as he pours it out. And then after that, there was a great ceremony called the illumination of the temple. And this involved the ritual lighting of the menorah, which were the candelabra. But these weren't just small menorah, these were 75 feet tall and there was four of them and they were lit the oil was lit outside in the court of the women so these lamps were huge and would have lit up the entire place and this was to remind the people of the pillar of fire that guided them out of slavery into the promised land And all night long, these lights would shine and illuminate the whole place and there would be celebration and dancing. And I guess this was quite a spectacle for the people who would not have been used to all night light. They did not have electricity. So normally there would just be one lampstand in the holy place. But on this day of this festival, it's as if that light is brought out into the world with these glorious, huge menorah and into the midst of the people so that everybody can see. Everywhere is lit. And the presence of God is like filling the place. And it's important to understand all of this because Jesus says two very famous things during this period. One he says when they're pouring out the water and the one he says when they are bathed in light. So the first thing that he says is let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And that's in John chapter 7 verses 37 to 38. So if you can picture the scene as the priest is pouring out the water, you can imagine Jesus from the other side of the courtyard saying, Come to me, all who are thirsty, and out of you will flow streams of living water. And those words would have been so powerful at that moment. When they are remembering the water, Jesus is saying, Come to me, all who are thirsty. And then at the peak of the celebrations, when the whole courtyard is full of light, reflecting outwards so that the whole city feels like it's full of light, Jesus turns to them again and says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I can imagine that that shut everyone up and made them listen. For Jesus's audience at that time, he was claiming that he was the light of God's presence. He's the fulfilment of the God who wandered through the desert and guided them with a pillar of fire. And he's saying something so significant to them. He's saying you don't just have to remember a time in history when God's presence was with your people, because God is in your midst right now. The light of the world has come. And if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness ever again. Can you imagine the impact of Jesus' words at that moment to those people. It was a big statement with huge significance. This was a big claim. Jesus was saying that he was the creator of the light, that he was the one who spoke the world into existence, that he's the revelation of God, that he's the healer, that he's the protector, he's the one who guides them and because of him and if we follow him we will know the way through life and we will be able to defeat our enemies. And that's powerful and profound claim from Jesus. It's no wonder he'd gone into trouble for things like that. And it's interesting that John begins his gospel, begins his account of Jesus's life with these words. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John testifies right at the beginning of his account to the fact that Jesus is in fact Creator God, the light of the world. But Jesus doesn't merely make that claim about himself, we actually see him live it out because shortly after he says it for the first time, he says it again. So in John chapter 9, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But the context here is a little bit different. It's not at the end of the feast, it's just in his everyday life. He comes across a man who has been blind from birth. Now, in those days, because he'd been blind from birth, people would have thought that either him or his parents had sinned and that this was his fault. So they would have shunned him, not really spoken to him, not cared about him and just really left him on the side of the road. They would have thought that there would have been a reason why this man was blind. So they didn't really care. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then he opens the eyes of the blind man total practical demonstration which I think is fantastic this man had been in darkness all of his life and now he can see that light not only was this man blind he would have been an outcast to the society around him and he would have probably lived a very lonely and sad life isolated in his culture because nobody wanted anything to do with him so when Jesus heals his sight he actually restores him into community he gives him his life back when he gives him his sight back so Jesus actually enacts this promise that we see about God God being light that it brings life and restoration and healing he does it right in that moment Jesus does so much during his time on earth to prove that he's not just saying that he's the light of the world but that he is the fulfillment of all that the Jews thought he was about light He healed people. He brought revelation about God by teaching people how to live. He embodied the light and the presence of God. And he lived a perfect and beautiful life. And the light in him also pushed back darkness, didn't it? Pushed back the forces of darkness in the world that he was living in. He revealed where that darkness was. He confronted hypocrites in the religious establishments. He called out injustices. He cast out demons. And ultimately, he defeated evil on the cross when he died and then rose again three days later, bringing light and life for each one of us. So the words of Jesus were not just words. They were a solid claim that he completely and utterly backed up with everything that he did. His whole life was trying to teach the people to look at him. I am the light of the world. He was the embodiment of all they knew about light. And he was saying, look at me. Come to me. I am your God. He was then and he still is the light of the world. The fullness of life that you and I long for can be found in Jesus. The places of our hearts that need healing, those places in darkness, the places where we feel like we're dead, Jesus can bring his light into all of those places and speak new life to them. All of the revelation that we long for can be found in Jesus. All that guidance that we need We can look to Jesus because he says he's the light of the world. He longs to speak to us and guide us and he's there for us. He wants to show us the best way to live. We can live in light if we follow him because that's what he promised. We can experience never-ending light and life, never walking in darkness or shame. We can experience that light of God's presence. And all of this light is for the purpose of us becoming more like him. To become children of light that then reflect that light out into the world. In John 12 verse 36 he says believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. Matthew chapter 13 verse 43 says then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. You and I are given the promise that we can be a little bit like Jesus that we can shine like him, be radiant like him and reflect his glory to the people around us. That's our inheritance. So we've looked at the scripture and hopefully you've been um, inspired by what Jesus said and you maybe have learnt something today. Hopefully you see the beauty of Jesus and the light and life that he can bring to all of us. But what does that mean for any of us? How should we live when we know this stuff? And I've got a few questions I want us to go through this morning. The first question is, am I living in darkness or am I living in the light? The Bible is quite clear that by nature as humans, we all sin, we all make mistakes and we've all done things wrong that actually separate us from God and we fall short of his glory. That by nature we want to be enemies of God, that we naturally turn our backs on God. And just like a light source, when you turn your back on it, you block the light and you live in shadow. Without God in our lives, we are living in shadow. If God is the light of the world and he's not a part of your life, then there is no real light in your world. You are living in darkness. So that's the first question we need to ask ourselves today. Do I know the light of the world? Do I know Jesus? And if you don't, then maybe take stock, have a look at your life. Ask yourself how things are going. Do you wish that there was more light? Are you longing for light to come into your world? Do you feel like you're experiencing the fullness of this promise? Maybe you are living in darkness because you just don't think you have a choice. You're so full of shame, or addiction, or fear, or lies. Or maybe you've had lies spoken over you that you're frustrated and angry. And so you've just started to adopt the attitude that this is my life. This is what I've got to accept. But let's come back to those promises that God's light can penetrate the darkness. It can bring healing and restoration. And nothing is hidden from dark. Nothing that is hidden in darkness is actually hidden at all from God. So all the things that you think you've put away, all the things you think you've hidden away from God, he can see them all. And he wants to bring his healing and his light into those places of darkness. He wants to flood you with his light. In John chapter 12 verse 46 he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. Jesus is calling all of us out of darkness into this wonderful pure light of his presence, into the kingdom of light. And today is your invitation. Isaiah chapter 50 says, let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. Jesus is calling us to trust him, to leave behind the things that we're holding to and all the barriers that we've knowingly or unknowingly built up to block out his light. All those things that create shadows in our lives. So the second question we need to ask ourselves is, Am I blocking his light in any way? Is there something I've done that is blocking the light of Jesus? Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you know the light of the world. Maybe he's your friend and you've already invited him to come into your life, but you know that it's not fully penetrating into every part. Maybe you build barricades through lies or shame or doubts. Or maybe there's a wall built of unforgiveness and you just can't pull it down. It feels too tough and you know that it's blocking out the light. Maybe there are parts of your heart that's like a room that you've closed off to God and you've said, no, you're not going in there, God. Let's just pretend that that doesn't exist. I might go in there sometimes and have a look, but you're not going in there, God. We need to remove all the barriers and invite Jesus to come into that part of our life, into that part that we're quite ashamed of, that's sitting there in darkness, because he doesn't want us to live with partially lit lives. Sometimes there are parts of our lives that we hold back from God that we don't allow his light into because we just don't feel that we're loved enough. We don't believe that God really loves us and we're convinced that if God really saw us, he wouldn't like us that much. So we hide it away and we have doubts and shame. Maybe there are things in your life that you feel you just can't get free of, that you've really tried, that you've done different things, but you just keep coming up against the same thing and that's creating darkness and shadows in your life. Or maybe you've actually got so comfortable with these things that you don't want them to be removed out of your life and God is whispering to you today that you need to deal with them. I want to invite you to bring them into the light, to the safety of his light, to believe that God can heal and remove all those things that are blocking his light from your heart. And sometimes the process is really hard and we resist you know, when you've been in a dark room for a long time and then you go out into the light, sometimes it can really hurt our eyes and the exposure is difficult. But the promise from 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5, says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, Purifies us from all sin. There is a promise here that when we bring things into the light, Jesus' blood, basically all the work that he did on the cross, it purifies us and makes us clean. That's his promise to us. There is freedom when we walk into the light, when we choose to bring those deepest, darkest places into God's presence. And it says in that passage that if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If you met someone for the first time and you just sat in a dark room it would be quite difficult wouldn't it to get to know them when you can't see their faces or their expressions or maybe their hand movements. You'd find it difficult but when you came out into the light then it would be much easier. So it's really important to confess our sins to God but actually we need to confess to our brothers and sisters, to our friends, especially if we've hurt them. Share with people how you are, share with trusted friends, if you're struggling with something, if there are areas of darkness that you know need bringing out into the light, then share with a friend and ask them to stand with you, to walk alongside you, to pray with you until you feel free. So I'd say to you, are you connected into a small group at Riverside? Now I know things are difficult at this time but I just encourage you when restrictions ease up a bit you know come and talk to us email us and say I'd like to get involved in a small group I want to be known by a a smaller group of people who can become my trusted friends who I can walk in the light with so we can choose today to remove the barriers the block the light of God in our lives to bring all those parts of us that are sitting in the shadows the lies the doubts the fears we can bring them right into his presence and like I said God may well have been whispering things to you as I've been talking today things that you know you need to talk to him about maybe confess to a friend and ask his light to come in and and heal you and restore you because he promises to fill us all with his life and his light and lastly the third question I want to sort of think about is are we becoming children of light? So, what does it look like to partner with God to become more like Jesus? Because I think that's something we all wrestle with because it's such a tall order. But we need to live in the light of His presence, and we can only reflect His light and become children of light when we know His light. We can only become His light as we are in His light. Psalm 36 says, In your light we see light. So, it's about standing in His presence bathing in his light, soaking in his glory and letting that fill us, taking the time to really absorb that light so that we can channel it to other people around us. So continue to move the barriers that block his light. Right now there might be something big that you're aware of, but remember, this is actually an ongoing journey. So even th- even if there isn't something now, there may be in a few months' time that you need to deal with. That you know has almost grown like a sh- a shadow in your life that is blocking out the light. So remember the process of coming to God, confessing our sins, asking Him to come and heal us and free us, so that we can get as much light into us, so that it can flow out to other people. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight says, "For you were once in darkness." but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So we need to do that actively and keep on doing it. And finally, as children of light, we need to hold out his light to other people. In Matthew 5, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There are many, many people in our world, our country, our town, our neighbourhoods, our workplace and maybe even in our homes who don't know Jesus right now. And they're navigating life in the darkness and we might be their only hope of introducing the light of Jesus. Imagine that they can't see the road ahead. And especially in these times, they might feel quite hopeless. It's like they're in a dark room and Jesus wants us to be the candle that is lit to show them the way. So you and I need to actively put our light on a stand. And that might not sit comfortably for all of us because you might feel like your light is dim. So again, I'd encourage you, go back and do what we've talked about. Get your light as bright as possible through confession and sharing And um, just coming into God's presence so that you can be this strong light to those in this hurting world that need it. Because Jesus asks us, well, in fact, He commands us to be the light to those in darkness. So, who in your life needs you to be a light for them? Who is stumbling around in the darkness and needs hope and revelation? Maybe God has sent you and put you into their dark room to be that light, to show them the way out. And what I've been talking about today are actually the values of our church. We want to be a people who actively pursue the presence of God. We want to be a people who follow the way of Jesus, walking in his light through obedience. And we want to live for the people that God has placed around us, holding out a light for them to guide them towards Jesus. So let's make that our goal to be children of light, on fire for God, literally burning for him and being a light to all of those who are living in a hopeless and dark world. So Jesus is our hope, let's not keep that to ourselves. For those of us who know that, remember it's not just for us, it's for the world and it's our responsibility to be that light. Get in God's presence, absorb his glory and let it radiate out from your heart to other people. Let's pray together and if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus and maybe you feel like you're in darkness and you have no hope then I'd really encourage you to maybe echo these words in your heart and invite Jesus right into your life this morning. Thank you God that you are the light of the world. Thank you for sending Jesus as a light for us all to follow. I choose to believe in him today and accept his free gift of eternal life and light. Help us to deal with anything that is blocking your light. We confess our sin and our weakness to you today. Please forgive us and fill us so that we can be a light to those around us. Amen. If you've accepted Jesus today and you've prayed with me, or maybe you've got questions, then do get in touch with us. Go to our website. There's a contact form. We would love to hear from you. Hope you've enjoyed today's talk. We're going to finish now with a worship song. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk to hear more or find out about Riverside Vineyard Church Witchesville, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at witriverside.